using microphones properly actually, you know, improves sound. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Never knew that. So we've come to the realisation that we've been using the mic wrong the entire time. Now, I would like to uh, go against that statement and say that we've been using it alternatively. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alternative mic keys, but that does make it sound like we're shoving up our butts or something. <laughs> it's whale sounds, that's all it is. <laughs> so hopefully the sound on this is a little bit better than it has been. We got some feedback. Um, what I would <laughs> say is I'm working this out as we go along. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and I'm working out nothing. I have nothing to do with the, this technical... I bought a mic and I've plugged it in. That's basically what's happened here. Um, so, yeah, what we can see. Uh, but, yeah, welcome to episode 13, the luckiest of episodes. The luckiest of episodes. Yeah. My favourite number. Yeah, absolutely. Best number. Hashtag best number. Oh, my God. Hashtag best number. Hashtag alternative numbers. <laughs> but yeah, welcome back to episode 13. This is Obin and Squeak. I'm Squeak. God, I had a moment there. Yeah, I know. I was like, wait, what, where are we going? <laughs> uh, and I'm Oddman, and I don't live in this flat. I sometimes live in this There's flat. Sometimes. Yeah. I have lived in this flat. You have? Yeah. <laughs> but quite a few people have, I imagine, over the years. <laughs> We're still oh. getting your post. <laughs> <laughs> and my post. But I lived in this flat when you were living in this flat true, still. True. <laughs> Not like I lived in this flat many years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be weird. That would have been a very strange coincidence. Yeah. We were all right living yeah, together. We really were. Yeah. We really were. That's because you might be an exuberant extrovert, but you also very much value alone time. Absolutely. And that is my favourite thing in the world. <laughs> so like there was no expectation of we're going to spend all the time together and we're going to, like, do stuff together. No. We'll go Shut and up. do stuff together. Yes. But once we're done doing stuff together, I'm not going to talk to you for four hours. Yeah, and that's perfect. Mm. And Tam is fantastic at noticing moods. So she'd come home, she'd walk into the living room, she'd be like, ah, oh, cool, Lily is in a terrible mood. <laughs> I'm just going to leave her alone for 40 minutes until she gets out of whatever this is out of her system <laughs> and we can actually talk yep yep because i don't i don't take it personally people mm. have moods people get upset for various reasons and even when people get upset at me about stuff i don't mm. really take it that personally because most of the time your feelings are your fault right? yeah you're you know? responsible for your own feelings exactly so and you're not responsible for somebody else's feelings towards you exactly and like sometimes people annoy you and yeah. It, they're just living their standard everyday life that you have put up with for mm. many years and yeah. then one day they do something and you're like well you were the most annoying person ever and then the next day you're back to normal fuck you fuck everything you stand for uh-huh. i hope your hamster dies in a traumatic fashion yeah yeah um and then tomorrow i love you yeah absolutely <laughs> to be clear I don't regularly wish people's hamsters traumatic deaths, but we were just watching watching some TikToks about traumatic hamster deaths. So it's, yeah, so it's on the mind. Peter, please, please know that we are not a podcast that promotes, uh, you know, torture and oh, death of animals. For a moment, I was like, who the fuck is Peter? <laughs> <laughs> and why is he listening to this podcast? Why are we specifically apologising to some dude named P Peter? It's because it's my friend Peter who is like really sensitive about <laughs> animal rights. <laughs> yeah, he senses it from a distance. Yeah. We were just watching... Um, oh, so Tamara has had a couple of weeks off TikTok. I have. And so I had sent her something like 30 plus videos and yeah. we just watched, went through them. And I think my favorite of that 30 plus videos was the Alaskan law where, so there, there used to be a moose dropping festival. And the whole idea was they would drop moose droppings as in moose, moose poop, poop <laughs> out of helicopters. <laughs> and I can't remember what the purpose was, maybe to drop it on a specific spot or something along yeah, those lines. They, but would, it was just they a, would paint the moose poos. Um, and then they would throw it out of the helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. And they had all the, this whole festival. So very, very much weird. Yeah. But not... 
no weirder than chasing a a, um, a round of cheese down a very steep hill. Exactly. And yeah. actually probably less likely to result in injuries. Yeah. Safer. <laughs> Safer. But Peter heard Petter. I'm going to call them Petter. Okay. Go for it. Them. Well, now, to... now our friend Petter from our Quidditch Petter. is going to think that you're oh, talking about him. that's also true. Okay. So Peter... <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's a very aggressive Peter. Yes. Pita! Pitter. 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 No, because I like pitter bread. Oh, this okay, is uh, all sorts of problems. You've got a problematic acronym, P- Petter, Peter. And but basically, I mean, the stupid animal rights uh, charity is stupid. Which we could be on board with because obviously animal rights, but Peter, fucking stupid. Yeah. Anyway, go on. But they <laughs> thought they were dropping moose out of helicopters. Like, just yeeting Moose out. (laughs) And so they got onto the Alaskan government to make dropping live Moose out of helicopters an actual law. So that is a law in Alaska now. Even though they were told time and time again, no, 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 we throw Moose poo out of a helicopter. And they were like, no, you're Moose dropping. (laughs) (laughs) And the TikTok just made the point that if you're ever in a helicopter with a live Moose... It's not the moose that's going to be pushed out of the helicopter. <laughs> Them things are fucking massive. They're huge. They're like, huge. It's you... one of those things where, um, you know, there are large swathes of, of Canada where there are big signs being like, no driving fast down this road at night because there are moose everywhere. And it's not so much about a concern for the moose, although I'm no. certainly sure that that's part of it. But the fact that you're going to hit a moose, the moose is most likely going to be fine, but then the moose is going to be angry at you and yeah. you're no longer going to have a car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not like in the UK where it's like, hey, if um, a deer or a sheep suddenly appears in the road, keep driving because it's more dangerous to suddenly stop. Oh, uh, but it will also do a huge amount of damage to a car. Yes. Anyway. Yes. My dad hit a muntjac once. And they're tiny. Um, yeah, they're really small. Um, for anybody who doesn't have context on muntjacs, right? So, because uh, muntjacs are just a way of, a way of life. <laughs> I, I, I had not known what a muntjac was until I met you. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't think many, for some reason, I've just, they exist in other parts of the UK. It's yeah. not just. It's not just where you live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just where I grew up. But they are fanged deer. So they have... And that makes them sound like terrifying vampire creatures. <laughs> but they're, they're just like these stunted little deer. Like, absolutely stubby stubby deer. With, like, li- these little fangs. <laughs> they sound amazing. Yeah, and they taste great. Oh. Um, but, so, muntjacs are considered almost really vermin around yeah. where my parents live um my mum is constantly angry at muntjacs because they eat the tops of tulips before they've sprouted so it's like really stealing flowers from you early on (laughs) (laughs) so as my mum's a gardener like professionally so she has a long life sworn enemy in the muntjac um are tulip roots tulip roots poisonous uh so it's bulb the bulb yeah the bulb um, I don't know. I, I feel I have a vague memory in my head that tulip bulbs are poisonous. Well, you probably shouldn't, in general, there are t- t- like several reasons why you shouldn't go around pulling bulbs out of the ground and trying to eat them as a person. I mean, A, one, it's disgusting. One, I don't imagine it tastes good. <laughs> Two, uh, there is definitely potential poisoning there. And three, a gardener may murder you. <laughs> <laughs> I would be more scared of your mum yeah. than the bulbs. Yeah, because, you know, poison control exists, but there's nothing that's bringing you back from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, hey, uh, Lily's mum, I'm just, you know, killing your plants. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, the mudjack thing was, so I, for, I went into anaphylactic shock when I was like 21, 22, and... The even though I was fine at this point, the ambulance came to give me a shot of adrenaline and then they had to take me to hospital so I could be under observation. And because they are chaos monkeys and really, really <laughs> actively enjoy driving way too quickly, even when it's unnecessary, because it was like they were had full on light lights blaring, uh-huh. speeding down these tiny roads near where my parents live. 
and I was very much not dying in the back. <laughs> <laughs> but my dad had to follow to hospital because otherwise I'd just be stranded at hospital. And whilst trying to keep up with this hell for leather um, <laughs> ambulance, he hit a muntjac and it absolutely destroyed the radiator in the front of his car. And oh he had to get gosh. like so much repaired. So, sorry, dad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Carl. Yeah, a lot of apologies. Munch- sorry, Munchak. <laughs> Although my mum was like, not that sorry, Munchak. <laughs> <laughs> it was a quick death. <laughs> so, after two, maybe three episodes sans box, do you want to, like, dive in? I definitely. Ah. I just every single time want to make the absolute minimum noise. Yeah, that just means that I'm going to have to make up for it, though. No, it really doesn't. (laughs) It really does. You're lying to me. (laughs) Right, YA fiction, why do people hate it? Why do people hate YA fiction? Um, I think, so, the, the thing that comes to mind immediately for me is the majority of YA fiction is written in first person, and that can be so annoying. I'm not absolutely I much prefer third person much prefer to be kind of like floating above the narrative oh my god I never noticed that maybe that's why I struggle with it yeah the majority of YA fiction is in first person um secondly I think people don't distinguish properly between YA and new adult fiction Mm. um because I think new adult is a term that people only know if they're quite active within the book community because people think you know all of these books that are coming out that are new adult are YA and they think that they're all they're just romance and sex and and also the fact that YA actually covers a quite wide age category right it really does anything from what 13 13 to like 20 yeah and if you add a new adult then new adult is basically if the protagonist is like over 21 um, yeah because I think, you know, there there is also... So there's all of these sort of good reasons for somebody to not mm-hmm. connect with YA. Absolutely. And then I think there's also the fact that, in general, people hate things that teenage girls like. Absolutely. And I think um, I one of the things that I, I really noticed, because I've been on a big YA binge, like the last... Well, YA and New Adult binge over the last year and a half... And then I picked up Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archive and it was the difference from going from YA to a new adult into adult fantasy really made me remember like why I love adult fantasy so much because YA is very much about uh, the characters and the feelings and Mm. the relationships that um, that are made throughout the story. Whereas adult fantasy is about that world building it's about the detail and like expansive narrative mm. um and i just think that that's just two way that's just two different ways of approaching Absolutely. story you know um and i think ya works on so many levels because it is it's quick and it's bite size and it's immediately getting you into here are some characters that you can fall in love with and let's just see what happens with them absolutely and i think also like just Speaking historically, in the fact that YA didn't exist really right, yeah. prior to what twenty, thirty years ago, maybe is it more recent? I have it's really so no much idea. more. It's so much more recent because I would say, oh, mate, I would say the last fifteen years. Yeah. Because two thousand and five onward, you had books for children, but so if you, you think, didn't really, Twilight was the first like proper YA. Yeah. Sort of yeah. Classif- that I was aware was y- a YA when I bought it. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. when I was, what, like 14, 13. So yeah. that's like over, yeah, more than 15 years ago. Yeah. And then. I would honestly say, that as with a lot of things, <laughs> it, it probably goes back to um, Harry Potter because people grew with those books. Yeah, because the, the last grew, books would be classified, they would as, be YA, classified as YA. Whereas the first books would be. Children's. children's yeah yeah and, and now we have so many different classifications within children's fiction because now we have um you know the the nine to twelve range um i mean that's been the case for a long time yeah but yeah. like i feel like there's there's more on offer 
in children's literature now than there's ever been before massively mm. so i'd be really interested to talk to talk to somebody who has sort of more of an understanding of the development of children's mm. literature yeah because uh, i i did I did a module on children's literature <laughs> at um, uni and it's astonishing how little there was and how focused it was on what you would typically associate with children's fiction. So something that was teaching a story, uh, mm-hmm. like teaching teaching morals and ethics yeah, and yeah. how to be a good girl slash boy. Yeah. And, you know all of those kinds of things and then the proper fucking weird ones like peter pan and <laughs> <laughs> i think the other problem that people have with ya is that um it's like the hunger games effect where and it's the same with all literature but the 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 spotlight just seems to be harsher on ya which is that the hunger games came out and suddenly everyone was like dystopian and then there was like a good five years where every single piece of YA fiction was, was some form of yeah. dystopian. Um, At Twilight, I had the same thing. Everything exactly. Was vampires Immediately it was sudden. vampires and werewolves. And it happens all the time. Look at um, Madeline Miller released A Song of Achilles. And now, ever since that book has been released, Greek mythology retellings have been high up yeah. on the kinds of books that are coming out. Yeah, absolutely. And you see it, I mean, you know, I've worked in publishing for a while. Um, trends. And it's, yeah. it's something that, you know, editors active, actively pay attention to is, oh, this book did really well. And because they know, because they've done it a lot. Mm-hmm. If we publish a book that's pretty much the same book, there's a certain percentage of people who are just going to want to continue to read the same book over yeah. and over again. And I'm 100% one of those people. I like, you know, when I'm, I'm looking to not concentrate, mm-hmm. I pick up a Jack Reacher novel because you know what? It's the same fucking story every single time, and I love it. It's why people. It's why people who like romance will read Mills and Boone. Yeah, because it's the same story told over and over, but different settings. And Have different you ever people. looked at the um, Mills and Boone um, author advice that they put out for? No, how I to did write go them. to a. I did go to a um, a workshop though on writing. Did for you? Mills and Boone's like way back in the day. Because they have some quite explicit guidelines mm-hmm. about what you can and cannot include mm. like the kind of pacing that you need to put yeah. in what kind of plot point points work because and it work. works and it, it does works. yeah and everybody I, I always think that people get quite dismissive about that kind of genre of fiction mm-hmm. but i don't i think that's always people who've never tried to put a pen to paper and actually write something yeah. like just because it's formulaic fiction doesn't mean because the people who read fiction like mills and boone uh, me and my jack reacher novels you know when they get it wrong, it's really obvious. Yeah. Because you're used to the formula. So yeah. there are a couple of Jack Reacher novels where you're like, Lee Child, what are you doing? <laughs> this is this is terrible. I would like to, uh, quotation marks, Lee Child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he, he's, he's handed it over to his brother now. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, and it's just one of those things where actually I think that genre of reader can actually be incredibly critical if you get mm-hmm. it wrong. So you need to be immersed in that genre in order to be able to write in it. Yeah. And all the people who are like dismissing it as being formulaic fiction have never attempted to write it because yes. dear God. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other things someone um, posted up on one of the book groups that I'm in, um, it was an image of the front cover for Red, White and Royal Blue, which is a fantastic uh, MM romance. And they were complaining because they had bought it for their teenage uh, daughter to read and they were like why is there why is this quite an explicit book for YA and you had loads of people in the comments saying this book is not YA it's new adult and the problem is that the covers for YA and new adult are incredibly similar because the covers that you're getting for new adult at the moment are quite uh, almost uh, comic animation style, bright colors. Mm. And the only differential between YA covers and new adult covers when it comes to romance like this is you know it's a new adult book when there's no faces and when it's much more um uh, 
you know, like cutouts, yeah, yeah, cutout yeah. images of people, whereas the people tend to have faces in the, the young adult version. Yeah, I've and been in... such a tiny difference. It's such a tiny difference, and it didn't used to be the case, because yeah. you look even five years ago back into the YA um, book cover... Um, it was all backs of heads. It was all... Backs of heads. Backs of heads. Feet. And gowns. Gowns, yeah. So many gowns. Yeah, and it's... it. Oh, I just find book covers inherently fascinating because they go through fashions like nothing else. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think it really does raise the... Like, don't buy a book without doing... If, especially if you're worried about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Don't buy a book without talking to the to the librarian or the person... In Don't a buy a book without or... looking it up first. Yeah, just just know what genre it is. Yeah, like is it considered YA? When you're in the bookshop, does it say YA above? But then well... that's actually that's actually a really big. <laughs> a lot of new adult is still classified. Being, yeah, yeah, is still being put in the YA section. Well, like when we went into it, we went to a charity shop a couple of weeks ago, and there was um, <gasps> um, True Blood. Charlene True Blood. Harris, yeah. Charlene Harris's True Blood was in the YA section. And we went up to the, the person at the till and we were like, guys, guys, this isn't YA. And if somebody came in here without context and bought uh, that as YA, they for would... For a child. Like, yeah, that would be a problem. And it's because they're poppy colours. They're... Uh, it was the rainbow. Um, and there's also the tendency to infantilise women's fiction anyway. Oh, massively so. so. Massively so. Um, I think there's, in general... Because I found it so frustrating... Um, I find it so frustrating in general the fact that you know consistently fiction that features women and Mm -hmm. is for women is not classified as literature um, when the the vice versa is true like please don't make me read another fucking 40 year old man going through a midlife crisis story and tell me that it's literature I'm like no that's just men's lit that's just men's lit yeah (laughs) 100% men's lit and I have no interest in it at all. No. I don't care. Like some which, of which is fair enough. Like yeah. you're allowed to want to read books with people that you can identify yeah. with. Middle-aged but stop people pretending that just because you're a dude, it's literature, right? Um, it's it, it's like the time when um, you know during the whole Twilight stuff when people were really gunning for Twilight as like it's the worst thing that's happened to entertainment ever, and the amount of people that just turned around and they were like, Twilight is to women what like. Fast and the Furious is to men. Yeah, stop pretending <laughs> like this is somehow like end of the world thing. Yeah, you know, and people really love hating teenage girls. Yeah, they really do. Because you're like you're, you know, teenage boys have the same stupid obsessions with things. Yeah. it's it's not like teenage girls are the only creatures on the planet that have weird obsessions. And they talk to any Marvel fanatic. Talk yeah. to any, you know. Yeah. And the stuff that teenage girls like only becomes acceptable once men take it over. Yeah. Beatles yeah. is a perfect example. Oh, absolutely. You know, the Beatles were considered a, you know, like, oh, it's just teenage girls like them and that's it. Ugh, ugh. And you see and, it in music all the time. Yeah, like yeah. with, and I know boy bands are a specific taste anyway. Yeah. But you look at the number of people who just like, oh, well, how could you like that with, um, if somebody's liking, I don't know, what was the, one Direction. One Direction. And now Harry or... Styles, everyone's like, oh my God, but yeah, but Harry Styles is amazing. Yeah. And it's and like, like, yeah, but like... he was still One Direction. <laughs> and he was also probably still amazing yeah. then. Like, I have no context for this. Yeah, I wasn't in the I right age bracket. Right um, but the idea that just because somebody was a massive fan of One Direction, they were inherently didn't have any taste, which yeah. was really the vibe. Like, yeah. no, you're just a fucking teenager. Mm-hmm. And also genuinely catchy tunes. So stop, stop yeah. coming for me on yeah, this. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's the same with you know with Taylor Swift people will be like oh, I can't believe you like Taylor Swift um, and, and like I guess this comes with being um, older is that you reach a point where you're like ah actually I like what I like and I don't give a shit what anyone says no, it took me um, way too long to get to that point <laughs> and now like I was uh, I was chatting to someone at work um, in my old job ages ago and they were like oh what have you been listening to and I straight up was like literally folklore on repeat for the entire year and their response was like, oh, isn't that like Taylor Swift? And I was like, yeah, it fucking is. And it's fucking amazing. You need yeah. to go and listen to it right now. Absolutely. And I was like, and because I'd never really listened to Taylor Swift before this, apart from like hearing 
yeah. the odd thing here and there. But listening to Folklore made me go back and listen to and everything from her. And I'm like, she's amazing. I love yeah. it. <laughs> and everybody has different starter packs, right? Yeah. Like, you like the music you like most of the time because of the societal... Like, yeah. the group that you classified yourself as as mm-hmm. a teenager. Mm-hmm. And then, like, what was popular when you were Yeah, or what did your ages. parents bring you up yeah. on? And You know, I think... Oh, James is going to cuss me out for this. But, like, the basic boy bring uh-huh. up group yeah. is like, oh, sorry, do you really like Metallica and Linkin Park? Are those your only two things? Yeah. And, like, don't get me wrong. I had a Linkin Park obsession. I'm still obsessed with I used to love Linkin, Linkin Park, Park <laughs> But, like, don't pretend that's different. I think Linkin Park, though, is a perfect example of this, which is, you know, when Linkin Park bought out... Um, was 10 Seconds to Midnight or something like that? Yeah. Uh, Minutes to Midnight, Yeah, I think it was called. Everyone lost their goddamn mind because they were like, oh my God, Linkin Park is selling out. Why aren't they making music like they used to? And it's like, oh, you mean these middle-aged men aren't making music like they're still the emo teenagers they were when they made their first album? Yeah. Like, no. People grow, people move on, tastes change. Absolutely. There are artists. It's concerning that you still only like one type of music. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry they're not making it anymore. They've moved on. Yeah. I mean, I'm also very... Um, I resemble that in a lot of ways. Because... Uh, <laughs> I resemble the I comment. resemble that. Because uh, I... So one of my absolute favourite artists growing up was Laura Marling. Absolutely mm, yeah. adore her. Um, still adore her. And I finally got a chance to see her, like, a couple of years ago. And she just didn't, she didn't do any of her old stuff. And the one time she did do an older track, she did it in her new style rather than Mm. her old style. And I was like, I respect that for you as an artist. You've moved on to new things. You have a different sound now. Yeah. But please, just one song. (laughs) (laughs) Please, just, just give me, just give me one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Um, But I do think, going back to... So YA, I think if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But stop making don't... fun of people for enjoying something. Yeah. And also stop making fun of adults for enjoying YA. You know, YA deals with a different set of circumstances than literary fiction does or contemporary fiction. Um, the only difference is the age of the protagonist. You know, mm. I don't want to read about Bob and Sue's divorce. I just don't. Romeo and Juliet is YA. Romeo and Juliet is YA. <laughs> you heard it here for him. You heard it here first, folks. Right. Why are you like this? Okay, I got one. I feel like it it, it imbues my choices with power. I'm gonna start pre-picking your boxes. No, no, not at all. Ideal meal, three courses. Okay, I've got this. Set You're ready. Out. You're yeah, ready. I, I I have been thinking about this for a long time. So. <laughs> And I, I, it's one of those things where I'm like, there are some precursors, right? Mm-hmm. It's not going to make me feel ill at the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. This is like a last meal on earth kind of vibe. Yeah. It's not something I'd recommend anybody has on a daily <laughs> okay. basis. Because <laughs> my ideal like daily meal is very different to like, okay, yeah. this is an out of nowhere one. I always a... feel like the, a three course meal is a special occasion. Absolutely. It, it's, this is not something you're having on the, on no, the no, every no. day. Who are these people who have daily three course meals? Unless it's like, um, you know, like really expensive restaurants where there's like 10 courses, but each course is like a spoonful. Yeah. Yeah. But that's <laughs> even then that's not every day. That's not so. every day. <laughs> right. So starter, mm-hmm. more fruit. Okay. So shit ton of mussels, white wine sauce, marinara sauce, and not marinara sauce, more, more marinara. So like the, mari- yes, yeah. the, the cream sauce, yeah. um, either beer or white wine, don't yeah. mind which, um, and it's just lovely crusty bread and some mm. fries okay. and mussels, because I yeah. love mussels. I'm actually feeling a little bit anxious about the fact that I've not had mussels in like two years. Don't worry, don't bikini. worry. We're, we're going to be... <laughs> We're going to be on holiday soon. We are. We're going. We're going back down to our uni uni ends. Yeah. Um, going to Falmouth. Yeah. So very excited about that. Muscles will be had. Muscles will be had. Um, second part of the meal, just the main main blue steak. Yeah, yeah. 
Good choice. And fondant potatoes. Oh my god, yes. And tender stem broccoli. Yes. And just gorgeousness. And then finish off lemon tart. Just lemon tart for days. Oh my gosh. Ideally a whole lemon tart, but you know. Oh my gosh. That is Lemon tart in moderation, guys. I think that I would... I just want to steal your meal. Um, Because my, my immediate thought for a starter was like, I love a good bread with a delicious dipping oil. Yeah. I love it so much. Um... But it has to be a good one, like a basil-infused oil or a garlic-infused oil or just a really fucking tasty extra virgin olive oil. Like, yes. For me, I'm like all about the balsamic. If I'm going to be dipping bread in anything, yeah. it's all in balsamic. I do like to have a bit of balsamic in there, but like, I, I just love the oil. Um, and then I would have to agree with you on a blue steak, tender stem broccoli, and the fondant potatoes. That so is literally my birthday meal. It was her birthday <laughs> meal last year. And my favourite thing about it was we did an extraordinary amount of tender stem broccoli. Like, a really, <laughs> truly extraordinary amount. And Tamara basically ate, ate half of, like, a mixing bowl yeah. of tender stem broccoli. And it was just over the process, like, over the... The, the, the course of the, the course evening. of an evening she just like she just had this bowl of broccoli and we were all like just like yeah have that it's your birthday it's just like oh this one's for me yeah <laughs> i mean i think people who i know there are people out there who don't like vegetables and i understand that for a lot of people that is a um like a familiarity thing mm-hmm. like if you're not gro- if you didn't grow up eating a shit ton of vegetables yeah then sometimes it can be a bit intimidating as mm-hmm. an adult and for some people it has actual like textual connotations yeah. and all that kind and, of stuff and for some people they never get past the childhood kind of like you know all vegetables taste bitter and horrible yeah but, like everybody's palate's different yeah. but I would be disappointed in a person who didn't enjoy Tenston broccoli cooked to perfection with a bit of salt and a bit of lemon and it's just the best. Tenderstem broccoli is the best vegetable that exists. Absolutely. It's <laughs> fucking delicious. Um and then for my dessert, I love a strawberry tart with creme anglaise. <sighs> nice I one. I love it. And because Jack makes the best strawberry tart with creme anglaise. He really, really does. Yeah. <laughs> he even made a sugar-free version that tasted so fucking delicious and i don't know how he did it he's magic it's magic yeah it's it's actual magic at this point i know looking at your household you'd be like oh tomorrow's the witch in this situation <laughs> but i'm actually convinced that jack might be a witch right like a kitchen witch he just produces <laughs> like he um the other the other day he was just like i'm gonna make bread and then i don't know time went by it felt like uh, just like half an hour went by Went boy, went by. And suddenly there were 12 beer and cheese rolls in the kitchen. And he was just like, yeah, help yourself. I love it. And they were wholemeal as well. And they were so delicious. They were so goddamn delicious. He he whips up a quiche as like an easy midday meal. Oh my God. Yeah. He'll be like, what do you fancy for dinner? I just want to make something easy. So I think I'll make a quiche. And when I say he makes a quiche, he makes the pastry then and there yeah and he's like oh it's the easiest thing in the world i'm like who are you yeah are you are you mary berry in disguise my version of an easy meal is like well tuna pasta yeah which is it's a pasta that has become the comfort food for almost Uh all of my friends Uh it was a comfort food for me growing up and it's just cupboard food so it's like sun-dried tomatoes pickled onions artichoke hearts anything Basically anything that you have in a jar, any anti pasty that's in a jar. Yeah, <laughs> plus gherkins, gherkins because James <laughs> loves them. Plus jalapenos when Tam's not heating it with us. Yes, and just tuna, and then you just make sure there's a shit ton of oil, and there you go, tuna pasta. And I'm like, that's an easy meal because literally it's ten minutes of chopping things and then you boil pasta. Like that's yeah. the yeah. grand total of effort. But no. Jack's, Jack's, Jack's version whole, whole is, I'm going quiche. to make pastry and a quiche. Um, I would like to, I would like to just answer this um, with a second meal, just because I have realised that um, my my answer to this would have been different like five or six years ago. Mm. Um, so because of my oral allergy, I cannot do a lot of 
Like I can't do spice anymore. I can't do citrus and all of this kind of stuff. Um, but if this was a meal where like I could have whatever I wanted. Well, the whole thing, you don't get sick from it. You don't get anything. Yeah. So like no repercussions. Okay. So then in my ideal meal would be curry goat because Solid. I love curry goat so much on the bone as well. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, good times. The starter and um, the dessert can stay because I still love bread and oil. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Great show. Right. Uh, You're going to pick Yes. So. Such panache. What kind of old person do you think you'll be? Uh, I am going to still be as immature as I am now. Oh, absolutely. Like, I grow every year and I become a better person every year. Um, but I... (laughs) But I'm incredibly immature. Like, we've said this in the podcast a few times. You know, people always think that I'm the same age as you guys. Because I'm only like a year older or something. I don't know. And especially because I was the year above, everybody keeps on being like, oh, Lily, like, she's the the mature one. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm actually... A lot of you guys are older than me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm fine with it, but... (laughs) Um, I I think I'm going to be still immature. I think I'm still going to be not really giving that many fucks about what people think. Uh, I think I'm going to be me, but like better because I'll be able to get away with things that I can't get away with now. Mm. Like I cannot wait to be an old woman with a walking stick. Because I am going to hit people with it all the time. Not so in, not in a, you want to be like an elderly assault? Yes. Not in a vicious way, but more of a kind of move out my way, tapping people. And like, you know, when they're doing something wrong, just like poking them with the stick and being like, don't do that. Um, I really want that get off my lawn vibe. Yeah. You know, but fun. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent want to be the old lady that you don't expect to turn up the places that she does. Like you go to something that you think is cool and trendy, and yeah. then there's just like, and not a weird cool grandma. Yeah, like I just straight up grandma just in the corner, like <laughs> yes, young things. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. I want to be. I want to be somebody's. I want to be somebody's grandma that they have like a shit ton of weird stories. Because yeah. me and my other grandma friends are out, like, <laughs> causing <laughs> chaos. So I once asked my mum when I was, I think I must have been about nine or ten. And my mum always lived in jeans. Like, that was just jeans and a shirt. And I remember turning to her one day and being like, So mum, at what age do you start wearing floral skirts? <laughs> at what age do you get a perm? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and my mum was like, no, I'll be wearing jeans until I die. I'm not wearing a floral skirt. I'm fully planning on getting one of those moo-moos and just living <gasps> in that for the living rest of my life. Living in a moo-moo. Soon, yes. as soon as I am grey-haired, I'm just like, you know what, moo-moos, that's the way forward. Yeah. I'm just doing house dresses. Yeah. Fuck everything else. Yeah. I'm already kind of on that vibe. Like, I just wear maxi dresses. I'm but... kind of upset that I don't already have any grey hairs. I'm like... Are you actually upset though? No, no, no. Because I love the idea of just having like full on grey hair and just mm. having it be long and like luscious. Um, yeah. I actually want that. Yeah. <laughs> I have no problems with going grey. I'm quite excited about it. Yeah. Right, next box. Oh, is it? it's me. Okay. That was better. That was better. I yeah. really appreciate that, actually. <laughs> What's even if... What supernatural creature would you be? Oh, oh, that's a difficult one. Because, like, the teenager in me is like, I want to be a werewolf. Uh-huh. But I don't actually want to be a werewolf. That actually sounds terrible. Yeah. So, <laughs> in terms of supernatural creatures, right. Well, there's a series I really like. I've completely forgotten the name of it. But the whole idea being that she's a coyote. Oh, the Patricia Briggs. Yeah. Yeah. And what I really liked about her is she was just like, oh, I just occasionally turn into a coyote. Is she a skinwalker? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's just like, yeah, you know what? Occasionally I'm a coyote. 
and then sometimes I'm a person. But she never has to turn into a coyote, and she never has to turn into a person. So yeah. if she just want to, like, fuck off and live in the desert for a bit, she can yeah. do that. Or uh, if she never wants to turn into coyote again, she can do that. That's cool. And I'm just like, you know what? You don't have the whole silver bullet thing with <laughs> yes. werewolves. You don't have the going mad with blah, 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 blah. But you also, you just get to be a dog sometimes. And I'm like, I'm really up for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dogs seem comfy. It would seem comfy to dr- like sleep as a dog. You yeah, know? that does seem comfy. Mm. Um, so my first, my first thought was, I'll be a festral because then I shall not be perceived. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ongoing theme. <laughs> it's an ongoing theme. Um, but then I was like, no, but they're more made up than made up supernatural animals. Because <laughs> at least with like, you know, werewolves and that, there's a tradition, mm. you know, of a long time, mm. whereas it's just a Harry Potter thing. Um, and then I was like, well, I'd want to be a kitsune because I like the idea of just being a fox with nine tails. Mm. Uh, but then I was like, that might be cultural appropriation. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there a way that I can just be like a house cat? <laughs> just you could be like a... A shifter that just occasionally turns into a house cat. Yeah, I think that's, honestly, yeah. that's the vibe, right? Because I'm like, I don't want to be non-human. Yeah. Like That seems, from all the books I've read, to come with a lot of extra right? work. Whereas I actually just want to be like have my normal life but occasionally get to be a house pet yeah because <laughs> back in the day back in the day my answer would have been vampire because like you know edgy oh vampire mortality one but i don't want to live forever okay <laughs> i don't want to live forever that sounds terrible i want to drink blood i like food yeah <laughs> also i like sunshine um, I know that wouldn't be so much of a calling for you. Actually, I want to be a vampire because then I can <laughs> never go in the sun again. <laughs> but think of all the things that are only open in the daytime. How would uh, you get your true. driving license? How would you... I mean, there I've made so it to the many... age I am now and I don't have a driving license. I know, but if you needed to go in and post something or like any life admin. Um, well, Royal Mail does the uh Okay, the look, I'm thing. giving you specific examples because I can't think of anything right now. <laughs> but you know, you know <laughs> that there are examples where this is true. But then that's why I would have an Igor. Yeah, but like, think about it, right? <laughs> so you have to be a supernatural creature, but it doesn't mean that you get to like relive your life. It's like, you've still got the same life. You're just a vampire. Like, you'd have to work nights. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I feel like does it come with super speed and strength and all of that because if it does I'll just rob a bank yeah I, you're looking at me with such disappointment <laughs> so I really like the house cat thing I know I, that, is, that is the dream the dream is to be a house cat um, <laughs> if I can't be a house, house cat, cat then I guess I'll be a vampire right <laughs> I'm I, options i'm open i just feel like on a basic level if you're signing up to be a vampire you're signing up to because there the problem is there are other vampires yeah so it's not just you being an immortal oh my god i'd have to be part of the club yeah there's politics and it's not like you could like avoid (laughs) someone for 400 years and then they come back and they're like hey buddy and you're just like oh my god i thought i got rid of you years ago why are you like this stop finding me yeah i'm just trying to live my life yeah that's a good point point. and also now i think the modern time is just such a difficult time to be a vampire yeah like you you're know? not gonna be able to there's a lot of paperwork this is what it always comes down to for me <laughs> right one more one more from the box yes and then we shall end this best movie if you need a cathartic cry <gasps> oh oh there are a lot of options there are i cry at almost everything i don't for me it's any film with anybody dying in it hotel rwanda gets me every time it jesus is. that's fucking bleak <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i don't need to go that bleak i'm like marley and me would do it for me <laughs> <laughs> no for me it has to be stuff where it's like real life tragic events um that really gets to me or or the molly and me vein of like an animal dying <gasps> or Grey's anatomy oh fuck how does it 
How do they do it? How do they do it? <laughs> Me and Tamara, I mean, I've watched like maybe three episodes of Grey's Anatomy yeah. in my entire life. Tamara's watched quite a lot of it. Quite a lot. Uh, but it was when Tam was living with me and I came in, I watched one episode, I felt dehydrated, I left. <laughs> it was such a devastating episode. How do they do it? It was extraordinary. I was like, I don't know who any of these people are. I don't understand any of the context and I'm still devastated. <laughs> like, how? Well, another film that I just thought of was um, the Richard Gere film, Hachi, A Dog's Tale. Like, straight up, Brutal. it's a film about a dog. Mm. And it's a film... Okay, so, firstly, problematic. It's based on... I think it's the... Hachi was the, the dog in Japan who, when its owner died, continued for 10 years to go to the train station and wait it's like that episode we of don't deserve dogs. yeah we don't deserve dogs. dog that was devastating yeah we don't deserve them um so they made it but they said it in america with richard gear um <laughs> but it was oh it's heartbreaking it was so heartbreaking this poor dog and then the dog was old and he was still going to the train station <laughs> i can feel my, no yeah no yeah that's that's the film that's yeah. the film yeah because we I don't cry. deserve them. <laughs> I cry at so many films. I had a conversation with somebody at work where they were like, you don't seem like the type. And I'm like, what about me doesn't give off that vibe? I'm very close to the edge of my skin at most times. <laughs> like, <laughs> I laugh a lot. I cry a lot. This is yeah. just what I... It was all I have in me is tears and laughter. <laughs> I think one of the worst ones was James. James doesn't cry in films. So he just looks at me. Yeah. And it's the moment, and this is such a basic bitch sort of crying moment. It's fucking Infinity War okay. with Spider-Man. Yeah. And every single time I fucking watch it, I'm just like, Mr. Stark! <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing doesn't get to me because I'm like, I can feel you trying to tug at my emotions. Oh, it just works every single fucking time And it annoys me that me. you're trying to do that. No. So I am actively not going to be upset No, about I'm this. like, and how is Hachi not that? <laughs> well, that's the thing, because I go into that and I'm like, I'm embracing the I'm going to be made to cry. The, the worst crying thing I've ever had with a film. Um, okay, picture this. I'm on the bus and I'm going picture to Picture this, we were both butt naked. <laughs> I'm on the bus, it's half eight in the morning and I'm going to the training centre that's attached to my workplace because I've got a day of like first aid or something and I get a phone call and it's uh, social services ringing to call me that my uh, foster dad uh, who I'd been with for a long time had died and I was like that's really upsetting Um, and then five minutes later they call me again to be like oh, I'm sorry, this message has just come through for you. Um, your mum appeared, who I hadn't seen for about like eight years at this point. Your mum appeared with your brother and sister, to which I replied, I don't have a sister. So that already where, you know, and it turns out this sister is like four or five years old. Um, so already I'm on edge and I get to work and I just kind of go, oh, I think... I'm feeling a little bit, I'm so sorry. My my foster dad's died. I found out that I have a sister. My mum is back. Like, this is a lot of stuff. I feel like I need to take some time off. And my manager was like, yeah, that's a lot. Go home. Yeah, yeah. So then, rather than go home, I'm on Kensington High Street. I see the Odeon. I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to go and watch a film to just kind of, just centre myself before I go home. Uh, distract myself with some entertainment. And I go to the cinema and it's like, at this point, it's like 10.30. And so this, I, I'm in the Odeon. It's completely empty. It's me and a giant screening of Marley and Me. And I didn't know anything about this fucking film. <laughs> I was like, it's the only one that's available. It's a film about a quirky dog. Cool, let's go and see this. Oh Lord. It was just me in the cinema by myself, bawling. And when I say bawling, I mean full on, like, full on crying like that, destroyed. That was a bad decision. Why did I do or that? was it a great decision? Because it gave you... It was so cathartic. Yeah. yeah. 
And I, I do this regularly. When I'm feeling like super tense and like overwhelmed, I just put on a film I'm gonna cry to. Yeah. And like I'm not, I give zero shit. Like a Disney film, it could be a. Yeah. I cry in um, uh, disaster films. Oh, not about a... the people in the disaster film but like all the people dying in the buildings around them that we're just like not <laughs> seeing I'm just like there's a colossal amount of just death here I'm, yeah. not, I'm not gonna give a shit about you and your family like you're probably <laughs> gonna survive it's all these other people I love disaster films so much mm. and the thing that makes me cry every single time in a disaster film is that moment when the president gives a speech and you can see people all over the nation watching it with hope in their eyes and people throughout the it's like um independence day when the, the president I've gives that speech oh my god and people all over the world they're like here in paris and here in uh like tehran and here and you're in like oh my Hong god Kong. americans stop pretending yeah, know, that right? we'd listen to your president <laughs> but still there's like another part of me that's like the world is coming together because everything is awful <laughs> brilliant uh, it's it's so weird yeah disaster films are fucking weird I love them and uh, The Rock is just Dwayne Johnson is in a lot yeah. of them and they're perfect the electrons <laughs> they're vibrating <laughs> and it's heating up the planet there's another one the centre of the world or something wait wait earth centre or the centre something where like the centre of earth stops spinning so they have to tunnel down <laughs> And set off a nuclear bomb to get it spinning again. And you're like, this is the stupidest thing I have ever heard of. Because there was also that one with um, Mark Wahlberg, where he was playing a scientist. Oh, yeah. And I can't remember. It was something something to do with the trees was going wrong. But he, he was like, look, guys, okay. This is the only time I've ever been asked to play a scientist. <laughs> so y'all are just going to have to sit down and let me do this. <laughs> <laughs> After the fact, he was like, yeah, no, I know it's terrible, but I got to play a scientist. <laughs> For a moment, I got confused and I was like, Matt Damon? But no, he's in The Martian and he did good. He did do good. But Mark Wahlberg, fuck Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I, I actually have a problem with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, I don't well, like him. Yeah, no, understandable. Yeah. He's done a lot of really problematic things. Yeah, yeah. And now that he's a born again Christian, he's all like, oh, but I've forgiven myself and God's forgiven me. So therefore the end yeah i'm like fuck you i'm like i feel like born again christians should go on the same um program that alcohols are not like right where you have to make reparation Mm -hmm. for the shitty things you did yeah like it's not just god you apologize to you live on this earth with other people yeah so like actually talk to the people that you've wronged Mm -hmm. yeah i agree yeah 12 step programs people right and on that note yeah <laughs> uh lily's going to a party and is going to get very very drunk tonight so. i'm actually it's not a party oh. but we are gonna be doing karaoke so yes i will be getting very drunk okay there <laughs> there we are go. only gonna be like six of us but like, <laughs> i'm so excited <laughs> but yeah uh, lily's out doing karaoke and getting drunk the earth is healing yeah <laughs> Back to its natural yeah. habitat. Yes. I'm going to make James rap. It's going to be great. <gasps> Amazing. I'll send you a video. Thank you. I'm sure. <laughs> right. Lovely to speak to you all. Speak to you all soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.